In the name of Jesus, amen. Dear saints of God, there is no fear of God before their eyes. That's how St. Paul describes the sinful flesh of mankind, our sinful condition. There is no fear of God before their eyes. And he's quoting King David, Psalm 36. There's no fear of God. That, I'm afraid, is an apt description of our world today. And even, I am afraid, of the church. We simply lack the fear of God. I suspect that if I were to ask you all privately, and I have talked to some of you about this, if I was to ask you the question, are you afraid of God? The answer would be no. Now, this could be good, or it could be bad. There are two reasons why a person and a church doesn't fear God, and I'll give you the good reason first. If a person knows their sins, if they know that they have abandoned God and His law time after time, they know that they have been unfaithful to the Lord who has given them all things, and they know that they are a desperate sinner. In fact, this person knows from their life and from their conscience and from the Scriptures that they are completely corrupt and unholy and unclean, and because of all of this, they deserve God's unmitigated wrath and anger, fire and brimstone heaped upon them eternally. And while this knowledge would bring someone to fear God, this person also knows something else. They know the story of Jesus. They know that He came and hath God's anger stilled. This person knows uh, that Jesus has taken all of God's anger, all of His wrath, all of the punishment for our sins upon Himself. And this knowledge of Christ casts out fear. In fact, it replaces fear with love and trust. This is a good reason to lack the fear of God. To, have, to know that there is nothing to fear from God because Jesus has taken care of everything. Pastor, Jesus has, has died for our sins. He rose from the dead. He told us after He came to His disciples, fear not, I'm not afraid. And to that I say, amen. This is the confidence of faith, a blessed lack of the fear of God. And, and this faith fears nothing at all. It doesn't fear hunger or thirst. It doesn't fear pain or sickness. It doesn't fear death. This faith in God and in His promises and His kingdom casts out every type of fear and knows the safety of the eternal love of God and of His kingdom. If you say to me, Pastor, I'm not afraid of God, and this is your reason, then God be praised. But there is another lack of fear of God And this is a bad one, a terrible one. It comes from the fact, or from, excuse me, it comes from the false teaching, from the false idea that God is not a fearful God. I've told you before that I think one of the greatest theological errors, the heresies that haunts our age and even haunts our church is the thought that God is a nice guy. That He is, and this is the key word, that He is 
harmless, that he can't or he won't hurt a thing. But this is wrong, dead wrong. God is not harmless. I'm sure this has all happened to you, that you go to visit a friend or a neighbor's house, and you go into their house, they have a little dog there, and the dog starts to growl or bark. And, and your friend reassures you, they say, don't worry, she's harmless. And you say, I know she's harmless. She's six inches long and wearing a yellow sweater. <laughs> now, th- this idea, it, th- th- there could be some harmless things in this world. But this is precisely how the demons would preach about God. Don't worry. He's harmless. He won't hurt you. His bark is worse than his bite. This is the preaching of the demons that do not want us to fear God above all things. And I'm afraid that the lack of fear for most of us The lack of fear of God is precisely because we have believed the teaching of the demons and think that God is harmless. We think that He is nothing to worry about. That that there's nothing to be afraid of. Oh God, He's not troubled about sin. He's not angry about our rebellion. He takes no thought of our disobedience. Or even if he does, he surely won't do anything about it. God is a nice guy. He's harmless. What is there to be afraid of? And This, dear saints, is bad. This is the lack of fear of God that David and Paul are talking about when they say there is no fear of God before their eyes. This lack of the fear of God, in fact, is what defines original sin, the sin that clings to us from Adam. And even more, in a very real and dangerous irony, the fact that we don't fear God is precisely the reason that we should fear Him because he punishes our lack of fear. But you can think about this later, because I want to consider this danger with the words of Moses, especially our Old Testament reading from Deuteronomy chapter 32. You know that the the Old Testament readings that the early church and the ancient church heard were lost to us in the Middle Ages... And the lessons that we read today in the church, uh, the the Old Testament lessons that we read every day, were determined in in modern times. They were determined uh, to to match the epistle lessons and the gospel readings. And I think the reason that this Deuteronomy 32 passage was chosen is because it, like the gospel text, talks about the demons. Jesus comes and casts out the demon who was a who is causing this man to be mute, that he couldn't even speak, and now the man's tongue is loosed and he's able to speak, but the Pharisees accuse Jesus of casting out demons by Beelzebub, the prince of demons, and Jesus says, no, I'm not a greater demon. I am the Messiah. 
And not only have I come to cast out demons, but I have come to totally overthrow the devil's house. Jesus tells this marvelous little parable where he says if a strong man has a, sits in his house, his goods are at peace. That's talking about the devil. But if one who's stronger than he comes along and ties up the strong man, he loots the house. And that's exactly what Jesus did. The one stronger than the devil comes and he binds up the devil so that he can loot his house. And you, dear saints, are Jesus' loot He's stolen you from the house of the devil and he's rescued you from the power of the demons. And that is why I think that this Old Testament text is picked because it talks about the the false gods and the idols that the people will be tempted to worship and it calls them demons. Hear, Hear it again from Moses. Deuteronomy 32, starting at verse 14. Curds from the herd, milk from the flock, with the fat of lambs, rams of Bashan and goats, with the very finest of wheat, and you drank foaming wine made from the blood of grapes. In other words, the Lord has taken care of you and given you everything you need. But Jerushan, that's the Hebrew word for straight. And it is in this little song of Moses quite an ironic name for Israel because Moses is going to warn them that they're going to leave the straight way. But you, Jerushan, that's Israel or, or, or Jerusalem, but you, Jerushan, grew fat and kicked like a horse bucking off its rider. You grew fat, stout, and sleek and and thought that you needed no help from God and then you forsook the God who made him and scoffed at the rock of his salvation. They stirred God to jealousy with strange gods, with abominations. They provoked him to anger. They sacrificed, verse 17, to demons that were no gods, to gods they had never known, to new gods. Johnny-come-lately idols that your fathers never feared. You were unmindful of the rock that bore you, and you forgot the God who gave you birth. The Lord had mercifully rescued his people from their slavery, from the thrashing of Pharaoh. He brought them out of Egypt with ten mighty plagues across the sea on dry ground, given them the Ten Commandments and the ordinances for divine worship for the temple and the sacrifices. The Lord had fed the people manna from heaven, led them 40 years in the wilderness where their shoes didn't wear out and their garments didn't get any any holes in them. And just lately, he had given them victory over all of their enemies on the east side of the Jordan River, and two and a half of the tribes have now been settled. The Lord had done all this for them, and now they're getting ready to to cross over the Jordan River and, and, and take the land there. And Moses is now preaching his final sermon. His his final word to the people of God. His final word of warning and encouragement. And this is what he says. Do not forget God. Do not forsake God. Do not let the fear of God fall from your heart, lest the Lord turn and fight against you. Moses is pleading with the people to keep the first commandment and to fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And he warns the people, if you don't do this, if you lose the fear of God, there will be trouble. For after all, God is a jealous God. In fact, this song that encompasses the whole chapter of Deuteronomy 32 is a prophetic warning saying that the people would, in fact, forget and forsake God and provoke him to anger and jealousy. And listen to what would follow if they did. 
what will unfold on the heads of those who do not fear God. These verses come later in Deuteronomy 32. They, says the Lord, have made me jealous with what is no God. They have provoked me to anger with their idols. So I will make them jealous with those who are no people. I will provoke them to anger with a foolish nation. For a fire is kindled by my anger, and it burns to the depths of Sheol, devours the earth and its increase, and sets on fire the foundation of the mountains. Now that is something to fear. The Lord continues, I will heap disasters upon them. I will spend my arrows on them. They shall be wasted with hunger and devoured by plague and poisonous pestilence. I will send the teeth of beasts against them with the venom of things that crawl in the dust. Outdoors the sword shall bereave, and indoors terror for young man and woman alike the nursing child with the man of gray hairs. Our God is a jealous God. Moses continues, Vengeance is mine, says the Lord, and recompense for the time when their foot shall slip, for the day of their calamity is at hand, and their doom comes swiftly. Or finally this, and this is really the theme of the whole psalm of Moses. Deuteronomy 32, verse 39. Now see that I, even I, am He. There is no God beside me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. There is none that can deliver out of my hand. And this, dear saints, is what we see unfolding. Not just as the people cross over the Jordan into the promised land, but in fact in the entire scriptures, if the people fear the Lord and treasure His word in humility and faith, looking to Him for all their help, then the Lord comes and helps them and He keeps them and He protects them and He rescues them and delivers them and gives them all that they need. But if His people start to trust the idols or the false gods or the demons, or the nations around them, and they lose the fear of God, then the Lord sets His face against them. He opposes them, and He gives them trouble. And it's just that simple. This is the bad fear of God. As if God is not fearful. And Moses is preaching against it. Now it is for us to consider as Christians, and even as a congregation, do we lack the fear of God? Have we forgotten Him or forsaken Him? Have we listened to the doctrine of the demons that said that there's nothing to be afraid of with God, nothing to worry about? God doesn't trouble with this sin or with that one. Have we forgotten that we stand before the face of God every day and that we will be accountable to Him on the last day? If we have, this indeed is a very dangerous thing. For our God is a jealous God, and He does not take kindly to idols 
or to demons or to false gods of any sort. He is not harmless. I think, dear saints, that all of us can say in one way or another that we have lacked the fear of God, that we have not troubled ourselves with worrying about what God thinks about this or about that, that we've given no thought to His commandments or to His Word, and we'd lived in ways to serve not Him or our neighbor, but ourselves. May God grant us repentance. For God is a fearful God. He is not harmful, but, but dangerous. In fact, because of our sin, He has wrath and anger. But there is a place that's safe from this, a place that's safe from His wrath over sin, and that is under the cross of His Son, Jesus. The only safe way to lack the fear of God is to have faith in His promise of forgiveness. And this is precisely what He has given you in His Son. He has these promises for you. In fact, He has them here for you today in the anger-stilling broken body and the wrath-quenching shed blood for you, for your forgiveness. And with these things, with His mercy and love, with the death of His Son, Jesus, He says to you, do not be afraid. Come then, dear saints, in fear and faith to the supper that our Lord has set, and let us never forget the Lord and His name, for He is the one who has given us life and salvation in the forgiveness of all of our sins. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.